0: The Roma
1: Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I am Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you're all doing well. Not going to waste time, going to jump right into it because this is coming out later than I had anticipated and hoped for. Um, And the match against Inter is just about uh, a couple hours away from beginning. So, going to bring Andy on now. But first, a thank you to our two sponsors, Euro Fantasy League. For the very best in online fantasy football, make sure you go to EuroFantasyLeague.com where you can find a variety of their online fantasy football games. Serie A, Premier League, La Liga, Ligun. You can find a variety of online fantasy football matches including Champions League, by going to fantasy-champions-league.com and also our newest betting partner, romapress.co.uk. Again, romapress.co.uk where you can find the best football betting tips for the price of a coffee per week. These come with six of the European leagues and it is 90% accuracy. So start winning more money, start winning more bets, romapress.co.uk. All right, Andy and I are back. It is on the eve of the match. Roma travel to Milano to face Inter. Um, Andy, what are you expecting for this? Because I feel like this is either going to be a disaster or a spectacular performance. I feel like there's no middle.
0: Certainly, there is no middle. I, I i also I also feel the same way. and um, especially since I, I saw a, a, a frightening statistic today that said that uh, Roma haven't beaten a Spalletti team uh, since two thousand and three. Um, so obviously, it's 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 not looking good. and inter are 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 going to be a very difficult team to face, but um, I think it's you know it's it's a good test and uh, it's a good test that will determine if we are up to the task of of reaching that so desired uh, fourth place um, or not. And at the end of the day, I won't get mad either way because um, this team it's. It it is a team that is unpredictable. A team it is a team that has been riddled with injuries and 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 so much insecurity and all kinds of disasters, managerial disasters, and and whatnot. And even inside the 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 locker room, there was there were rumors of of, of players uh, um just not being on the same wavelength. Um, so, again, I don't expect anything special. I don't expect fireworks. Uh, if I'm basing my opinion looking at the previous two games, I I will expect a Roma that will play tough, gritty, uh, uh, very spirited football.
1: So there's been some interesting comments leading up to this match. Um one of them is from Lorenzo Pellegrini, who said that the match is not decisive. Are you calling bullshit on that? Because I am.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm calling bullshit. I am calling bullshit. But, you know, um, he said that. And, and, and then, you know, you have Fazio who says we have six finals to go. I don't know. Whatever makes them sleep, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Danielli, he said if we don't get the victory... Not he, he more or less said it won't be a disaster, which I, I don't mm. think it would be a disaster. But I do think it's problematic and somewhat of a big deal. They can't afford to lose. They, they have to at least draw. Milan do have a much easier run in. They're playing away from home. I really don't know what to make from them either because I feel like they're in the same boat as Roma where you don't know what you're going to get from a certain week to the next is this truly a race of who is less shit than the other? Because I, I have to say that's what it feels like.
0: I mean, it, you know what? It, 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 looking at the recent results in the European football uh, by Italian sides, I think this was the main conclusion that basically Serie A has become a, a race of who's less shit. And um, <laughs> because that that's really, I mean, uh, Na, Napoli is, is less shit than compared to... Milan or Roma, but uh, and and Juve is less shit than Napoli, and they you know they have the the secret weapons uh, and they win. Um, but looking at it now, I and looking at it, you know, even three or six months ago, it, it looked just the same. The the were the teams weren't unbeatable. The only team that is unbeatable in the Italian league is Juve. But aside from that it just seems like there is a problem and uh, Roma have fallen into that category that is well below Napoli, um, which is probably the worst category because we are not bad, bad to the core. Um, we are just a, a, a badly assembled team, uh, which falls into the same category of the likes of Milan, of the likes of uh, Inter, the likes of Lazio, um which are teams that have potential, but they're just they're, they they have so many flaws that prevent them from expressing that potential. And so we're on the same boat, I think. And um, I agreed with uh, Simone and yesterday, who said that the fight for the Champions League spot will last until the very uh, uh, last uh, uh, match day. And I agree with that because there are no certainties mm-hmm. and. Milan, which is a team that I praised a lot in in uh, in, uh, in recent times, a few a couple of months ago, right now are looking just as shaky as Roma. So uh, there is just you know full of uncertainties. And then you look at, for example, Atalanta, which are a team that plays a, a great brand of football, considering it's an Italian team and uh, considering you know the the. Uh, the, the way that you know they don't spend that much money on players they have assembled a team that is uh, built on, on young talent or veterans that haven't accomplished enough in more uh, uh, perhaps some better teams and so they went to Atalanta and they're playing a great brand of football but unfortunately it hasn't translated to results in the last couple of outings so we're on the same boat
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's going to be an interesting one because Spalletti is going to be without Brozovic, who I think is one of their most important pieces. Now, the drama with Icardi has passed, at least for the time being. What are you expecting from his side, though? Because they truly do. They're the same as Milan. They're the same as Roma. You don't know what you're going to get on a certain day. There's times where they look unstoppable. There's times where they look shit. I'm shocked at the amount of mistakes that De Vrij and Skriniar have made at times. I, I mean, everybody was talking about them being one of the most stout defenses coming into the season, and frankly, I don't think they've lived up to expectations. And then you've obviously got the Nangolan aspect too. Anybody who isn't expecting the goal Del X is an imbecile uh-huh. because it's going to happen. We just have, we just don't know what minute yes it's happening. Um, but he. He's looked shit at times, and then there's other periods where he looks good. He's had to deal with injuries, but Jesus, this is just, you don't know what is going to happen. This is truly the big, one of the most mysterious matches because I I just can't get a feel for it. And then we're not even mentioning, Dedalsi's not going to take a part in the match. El Shadawi, he got called up. Mm -hmm. He's likely to start from the bench. Every newspaper I read, Mm -hmm. their probable formation has him starting from the bench and clivered in his place. So what what are you expecting as far as just in terms of play?
0: I I agree with you that you know nothing. As I said, nothing is. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. You don't know who's gonna die. And, ah, good and What's yeah, What's gonna happen? Nobody knows anything. Um, uh, for movie fans, go watch Burn After Reading. That's a pretty good movie where nobody knows anything. And um, but this is the case. I think uh, Inter's main main difficulty and main weakness is the midfield and Roma will need to uh, uh you know just clog up that midfield and and really pressure them there because they don't have quality Brozovic as you said is very important because he is perhaps the most talented uh, uh holding midfielder that they have because aside from Brozovic they they will most likely field the likes of either Vecino and and Galliardini or uh Vecino and and and, uh, and Borja Valero who uh is looking to 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 return um or Gagliardini and Borja Valero so uh, I'm not saying we're that much better uh, in that department but it's certainly a, 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 I think a place where Roma need to focus because Inter have a good attack despite Risić being the just pain pain in the ass and biggest probably disappointment for Inter fans all year long um and you know they we don't know if if Politano will start or Candreva or you know who will start Lautaro Ricardi they are they are lethal up there up front and if they are allowed chances they will uh, most likely uh, uh, convert so I expect again a very Ranieri game I, because both sides have major flaws and I think both sides know which part of the other team to target and I if I was if it was up to me I would tell them just go at the, the midfielders because Inter are not very strong there um, and you know and, and, and Roma with with the formations that I've seen uh, with uh, possibly Zagnolo, Pellegrini, Cristante, and Zonzi, Clivert starting behind Dzeko, can really uh, make use of that.
1: And then we're, we also have to mention Didossi, who we have spoken about at nauseam on this podcast, how critical he is to the team, which is confusing, puzzling. We're going to have the return of Nzonzi, who I find it funny. The week he's out, the transfer rumors regarding him, really, really heightened. We saw him link to Arsenal. We saw him link to Marseille. So it was very curious to see that the match he misses or when the transfer rumors arise, which is a bit odd. But nonetheless, he's likely going to start. I don't know what to expect from him. He's he's one of those... I feel like you and I are... We've maybe defended him a little too much. I just feel like in a certain system, he would do really, really well. He is not... I feel like he was brought here to be a Regista. He's not a Regista. He's he's Mediano, in my opinion. He, he can recover the ball. He's good in the air. But I feel like in this sort of match, what he brings, his characteristics, can actually be a plus as opposed to what that Aussie may be able to bring. Because <laughs> I feel yeah, like this yeah. one is going to be much faster.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think the main reason as to... Uh... I, I agree that we've defended him, but I've defended him because, yes, I think that he's a, he's a good player. It's just that he was brought in most likely for the wrong reasons. It's it's just another player that was added to this roster without a clear idea as to what purpose he's supposed to serve. And, um, you know, and, and we've had in this summer – Transfer market. Many of those. Um, an example is uh, Chorich, you know, um, who was brought in to do what, and then Pastore, who was brought in to do what, to play Mezzala, to sit on the bench, to to play as a winger, play as a trequartista, We don't know. And um, but I agree. In 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 this specific match, I looked at the I, I looked at the the lineups that some of the newspaper posted, which uh, you know give. Um, Three at the back in the midfield, meaning uh, Pellegrini, Cristante, and Zonzi together, and then Clivert and 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 uh, and Zaniolo uh, on, on top. And it's um, I I think it's it's good that that still works. It, to me, these games, these final games, really have very little to do with tactics and and lineups and who's there, who's not there, um, because a game like this one this is a big deal. And, and again, it's all up to the players now. So, um, I trust Ranieri will make the, the, the good decisions so far. He hasn't been the best with the starting lineups, but he's figured out the substitutions quite well, um, which has resulted in, in, in Roma getting away with two victories in the last couple of games. So, I just don't expect anything different tomorrow. I um, So whoever is going to be out there, I trust they will perform.
1: Looking at what Roma are likely to trot out there in terms of their likely formation, I do have a bit of hope because Florenzi is going to be playing it right back. But the good news is Ivan Perisic is just as shit as Florenzi has been. Yay!
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that's true, that's true. And it's uh, it's surprising because considering the player he was a couple of years ago, um, and he was sort of inter's Salah, which Salah was was like this weapon that you had, and every team had to adjust to that particular player, and most of the time they failed to do so. Perisic was the same to similarly was the same to Inter, um, and right now it seems like he's more of a bother than anything else. And he seems very, uh, very easy easy to maintain. You know, to keep uh, track of. Uh, doesn't really seem like he has a good body language with his teammates. I don't expect uh, uh, him to be some sort of big threat. Obviously now I jinxed it but you know um I just I I'm telling you I I really don't see that big of a difference between two teams if I have to compare the rosters I think we have equal an equal measure of 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 uh, of, of weaknesses and strengths just like Inter
1: So aside from the match uh this week we've seen quite a bit a number of transfer rumors Particularly regarding Edinjeco potentially joining Inter, but don't you think it's a bit too premature to even begin discussing the transfer market?
0: Well, but outside everything about the market, aside from uh, uh, what Bia, uh, our friend Filippo Biafora uh, wrote in Il Tempo, that was exactly what I was going to bring up. So go <laughs> <ahead>. <laughs> the transition, yes, the the transition. Yo, he uh, uh, Biafora reported that. Uh, Roma plans on renewing three contracts right now, and their priority uh, are, are El Sharawi, Cengiz Under, and Zaniolo, and in the future, most likely Pellegrini, but right now it's not a ca- an emergency case. Meanwhile, the, the three that I named are. So that's an interesting thing to see uh, Under on that list.
1: I think it makes absolute sense. Yeah. Um... Would I be shocked if they still sold Under? Absolutely not. But if you're going to build uh, the attack, if you're going to build this team, could you think of three, any other players that you would start with? Uh, maybe maybe you would substitute El Shadawi for somebody. But after this season he's had, I think he's far too important. I think you absolutely have to renew him, no? Right. Right on. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, you know, this makes sense with Under since he's really – I mean, he – it seemed like he would have another good year and he was on the way too, but then these injuries happened and I just don't think he showed enough this year to really be able to fall on the list of any big, big team. You know, there was talk of Bayern and I, I, like you, I'm not, I don't expect him to stay, but it's just, it's interesting that right now that's a name that is on the priority list for Roma.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to, if this is, now again, we don't know what the market is really going to hold, we don't know who even the sporting director is going to be, though I can tell you with a lot of confidence it's going to be Masada, but we don't know what direction they're going for, but I at least like that they're... Wanting and sending a clear signal that they want to build off these three pillars of the team. I agree. I thought Under was on his way to another fantastic season, then the injuries hit. I think he's critically important, and I don't think any club is going to be willing to spend 40, 50 million euros for him. Zaniolo, it goes without saying, crucially important. And El Shadawi, you and I have shit on him quite a bit this season. We've said that it's a problem if he's your most important player, if he's your leading scorer. But Listen, you you mentioned it the last one. He's the perfect age to reach uh, uh, sort of the pinnacle of his ability. He's clearly improved this season, and he's very, very important. And given that Roma are going to have to offload some of the bigger earners this summer, I think Jekyll will go, Pastore, maybe Inzonzi, maybe Perotti, maybe Florenzi you're going to have to pay these younger guys what they deserve, especially if you're going to make them the, the building blocks or the important pieces of the team. So I'm all for this happening, but I am curious to hear your opinion on this. We've been hearing the name Antonio Conte, Antonio Conte, Antonio Conte for the last month or two. And I'm curious if, if you think these players sort of fit his football, um, because I, it, it, in my mind, I don't necessarily know if they do. Frankly, I don't think this team fits his idea of football at all. Um, you have a lot of weak characters. You don't have, have a lot of technical ability beyond a couple of names. What would you think of that? I, Because we've been seeing his name. We've been seeing Sarri's name. I think this team fits the latter's na- uh, the idea of football much more than Conte's
0: you know i don't necessarily think this team um is you know suitable for conte although i've seen uh someone claiming to be uh, uh, uh particularly close to conte saying that conte likes for example Nzonzi um which is strange but okay um the 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 thing is that it, it's a weird thing with conte because what we remember him for is Winning the Scudetto with Juve, uh, with players like Matri, Giaccherini, going to the Euro with, with an Italy that had uh, Tiago Motta as a starter, Sturaro as a starter, Giaccherini as a starter, Can- Candreva yeah. as a starter, Dar- Darmian, and overachieving. And, and, and clearly... It, it was just in and, and Pele and Zaza, players that right now are nowhere to be found uh, in the footballing world. I mean, Pele is off to China. Zaza is having an absolute nightmare of a season. Uh, Giaccherini is, is is going to Serie B with Chievo. So this is a, a man that is mostly remembered for overachieving and not necessarily winning trophies, although he he, he won trophies, he went to Chelsea uh, and won the Premier League. Um, so that's a very difficult thing to discuss. I don't necessarily think right now the squad is, is, is the, the question. I think with Antonio Conte, it's more the money is the bigger issue. The money, because this man is looking to get his payday and um right now doesn't seem to be a lot of teams willing to uh, offer that much because he's what he's he's making like 10 mil um not many teams right now that have an, are looking for a coach and especially a coach that wants to make that much money uh so right now i think that's the issue right now it's who is going to offer more for antonio conte
1: yeah and he he was on Sky Sport on a, on a talk show. He mentioned he's looking for a a winning project, which I don't know where Roma falls in that category, but it does feel like the team that is willing to give him the wages will be the team or the club that wins the race for his services. Now, whether or not that proves to ultimately be true remains to be seen, but it is a very, very interesting thing because I mean the names. Everybody knows the names by now. It's Gianpaolo Gasparini, Sarri, Conte. There doesn't really, there doesn't really seem to be that guy or that manager who is sort of like the unknown or a dark horse. It's just very odd that Roma are in this position, and yet they, they, they have no idea who the manager is going to be next season. The names aren't that exciting, in my opinion, beyond Conte and Saturday, And yet they're still in contention for a Champions League place, which is just entirely bizarre. So w- have your feelings changed on anything regarding the club for the summer, whether it's who you want the manager to be, who you want the sporting director to be? Uh,
0: yeah, I <laughs> certainly I would i i i i like the idea of Conte, content and um I never had anything against him you know a lot of people say uh because of his past as a Juventino he's not suited. For a club oh. like roma that's bullshit just leave that Isn't outside that the, the door the
1: shittiest stuff oh. jesus
0: christ it's it's this this makes me it drives me crazy these these ideas and this prejudice against against a guy a guy a manager a professional um and especially when you're a club like roma who let's face it you mean very little in the footballing world, uh, uh, history-wise, trophy-wise, whatever-wise. Um, Roma are not there, right there with the others. That's why if the rumors are true and the realistic options for Conte right now are are Roma, Inter, and Bayern, we should feel honored to be even mentioned mm-hmm. in that lineup. Like, seriously, Um But if it was up to me, I, that's my, my priority for next season is I want to enjoy watching Roma games. That's my priority. I haven't felt uh, enjoyment from watching uh, ball movement, from watching pressing, from watching defending, from anything. I, in, in a long time, and I want that to happen. And that let's face it is Sari's specialty. Um, If, you look at his work in Italy. He, his teams in Italy played beautiful football, fluid, uh, fast, organized. And it was just sometimes it was just magical. Sometimes it looked very much like what Atalanta are doing right now or what Ajax did to Juventus. And, um, and so he knows this league he's been here not so long ago and he's in my opinion overachieved with napoli although we can always say he has, he hasn't won a trophy with napoli but roma just need to go back to playing ple- pleasant football in my opinion and um that that aspect is, is sarri's specialty what about his
1: sort of demeanor and attitude i think it would actually fit well um I absolutely hate what you mentioned about him being Juventino, how it's yeah. a deterrent for him becoming manager at Roma. Um, that is, um, I'm sure, that, well, for the English speakers, I'm sure not many of them follow our good friend uh, Ambiente Romano But Twitter. <laughs> but that is... Um, that is as they say, Romaniste 1.0 yeah. behavior.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah, Romaniste 1.0. It's, it's like that whole thing with Kolarov being Elaziale just because he uh. played Elazio. El <laughs> and then what happened? And then they fell in love with him. So this is, you know, this talk doesn't amount to much.
1: Quickly, just to end here, you mentioned it briefly in the beginning of the podcast. Um, anybody who's on Twitter, especially if you follow Serie. You we we sometimes go to these great lengths to defend the league when I think we're sometimes blinded by our love, especially when it comes from banter from Premier League fans. Everybody likes to call them what what's the term? Prem heads, uh, prem heads, prem heads, prem faces. Yeah, 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 whatever. Um And I feel like anytime there's banter or jokes or stick against City, ah, people, I think they maybe take it a little too seriously or maybe take it to heart mm. too quickly, but. Can we be honest with ourselves, City? I was absolute shit this season. Oh my God. Can we
0: just admit it? Yeah, it was the worst. It was. I. I just and 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 it's there weren't any pleasant surprises. It's not like it's that's the thing because at least we we like to call Ligue 1 a, a farmers' league. We like to call it a farmers' league because PSG often win because they have so much money that they're just. They're just the Golden State Warriors of 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 uh, of Ligue 1, um, but at least you you have sometimes these pleasant surprises. Montpellier a few years ago, Monaco a few years ago. This year, Lille being second place with uh, while spending close to nothing on the transfer market in Italy you don't get these stories in the recent years and, uh, you know, maybe Atalanta, maybe, but let's see what happens because I don't know. I, that's another question, but the quality of the football to me has been deteriorating. The quality of the, ta- of the youth talent has been deteriorating. Um, who we consider phenomenal in these years has been ridiculous compared to uh, the, the talent that comes out of other leagues. Uh, look at the, what, what the French are doing, the, the number of youngsters that they have that can, can compete for a, a national team spot. While Italy is struggling right now and have to call up all the old guard to, to keep competing, to at least make a name for themselves. Uh, and, and the way it's been refereed, the, the relations between the, the players, the managers, and the referees, the, the whole VAR system that has been flawed from beginning to end, although it's a good system. I just don't see a reason why, as a foreigner, uh, or if you're following La Liga or Premier League, you should stop doing so to watch instead Serie A. Because to me, this is, we, we've hit, we are hitting a new low.
1: Yeah, and as someone who my perspective might be a little different, everybody knows where I'm from in Italy. Um, I've mentioned it a million times. So, if I wanted to go see local football, it was generally Chievo, Verona, Hellas, Verona, sometimes Vicenza. But my god, that's depressing! Know, yeah, they were generally struggling and bouncing in between Serie A, Serie B, uh, and Serie C. But I mean we have to come to grips especially lower in the table the football the standard it is just abhorrent it's 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 shit i mean these teams that come
0: from uh that come from City b i mean they are shit yeah and it's like they don't stand a chance and and uh, we're obviously no. we're not looking for a next Leicester story, um, because that was one in, I don't know how many odds, that was incredible, just once in a lifetime thing. But the thing is that it just remains the same. Every year, it's the same teams. Okay, thank God this year it was Chievo Verona. Thank God finally it happened. But you, you still have these teams that aspire to be nothing. While in the Premier League, you have teams like Watford, uh, uh teams that maybe, uh, you know burnley la- last season it's burnmouth it, it always there's always something there's t- teams trying to elevate themselves in italy we're very complacent we 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 like to accept things the way they are we like to uh, uh you know take things for granted this team is going to end up you know uh, the likes of bologna the likes of udinese uh uh they don't, the likes of Sassuolo, there is no will to move on, the will to be better. And and same goes for other teams, uh, teams like Milan, teams like Inter, who for so many years now have been absolute shit. They have been uh, just, and, and Roma as well, Lazio as well. Uh, they maybe they even want to be better, but they make every time the same mistakes, and that's why we cannot have a competitive league. And I wish not only fans would realize this, but managers, people like Allegri, please, uh, you know, be more humble, accept your defeat, understand that the whole system, the whole coaching, the everything, everything needs to be better. If we want to go back to the old ways when when, when uh, Serie A was maybe the best league in the world.
1: It's also why we have teams, especially in the lower tiers, going bankrupt every other week. It's embarrassing. This doesn't happen in any other country to the degree that it does in Italy. And it's an absolute joke. Um, and lastly, real quick, I saw you tweeting either a week or two ago ago about uh james Gandolfini, who's one of my favorite yeah. actors of all time yeah. favorite movie or show involving him and why you think he's one of the best um for me i'll just say he's one of my favorite actors because he can emulate a certain emotion or feeling without saying anything i thought he was one of the best actors i've ever seen with my with his eyes true
0: just the look. true true and heavily underused uh and that's why if you watch, I've watched a number of his movies when he was younger in the 90s, movies like True Romance where he has small roles. And the way he emerged and carried Sopranos was fantastic. The the way his, his whole persona changed in, as The Sopranos went on, fantastic. But uh, to me, one of the best movies with him and probably a very little known one is called uh, Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. And basically uh, uh, Gandolfini plays a, a hired contract killer who's, who's yes. going through a, 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 a crisis, a middle-aged crisis, and he's heavy on the booze, heavy on prostitutes, and everything is going wrong for him. He's an alcoholic. Ray Liotta is yeah, in that yeah, one, Yeah, Ray Liotta gets his face bashed in, and that looks always good. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I think that was his biggest strength, is that he could be a monster. and nap, like Even in The Sopranos, he could be an, a monster from one scene, and then in the next scene, he's saving his son's life. Uh, uh, from from committing suicide, he's crying uh, uh, at the, uh, at at a friend's grave. He's you know having all these problems, um, and it was just all about him. It was just everything was in him, like every single emotion. A good actor has to possess. He had it.
1: I thought he was great. He was taken way too soon. I thought he was one of the most brilliant actors of our time. I I, I have never. I have never seen him in anything, film, TV, that he was bad in. And The Sopranos goes without saying. I thought he was absolutely spectacular. Um, I mean, everybody has their character in that show that they love and adore. But we have to be honest. Even though he was the lead, he still absolutely carried the everything,
0: show. Everything about him. And, 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 you know, towards the end where it gets really, really fucking sick and, and everything. Very, yeah, dark, very dark. Very dark. And everything dark. starts to fall apart. And and we still somehow see a, gl- a glimpse of humanity in him. Sometimes you can just see the, li- the little twitch, the little thing in his eyes. And it always works. And and you know, it's it's very hard thing to do what he did, being this. Gangster, this absolutely miserable piece of shit who does the thing he does in, in at the end of the show, and still get away with it, and 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 still be a beloved character in and in, in TV history.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Throughout that entire show, we find ourselves supporting and 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 cheering for this guy who is a murderer, an adulterer, a thief, uh, an extortionist just a terrible human being let yet yet you find yourself supporting him throughout all six seasons um to end favorite season and or episode of the Sopranos. uh
0: well the well obviously the one <laughs> the one where where uh paulie gets lost in, in in the woods is always uh, the yes. Pine Barons. Everyone yes, that, loves that that one. Yeah, and that's because one. it just it's so it's it's so original and so unlikely and just so uh, I don't know. It just doesn't it just doesn't seem you don't expect it to 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 happen in a, in a TV show about gangsters, and yet it, it's so like it just makes sense. It's so realistic at the same time, so goofbally and so funny, um, and and just so weird and out of place, and it works um and probably well my favorite season huh? I think I think at the begin the very first ones are always to me uh, where where it's still the where still shit doesn't hit the fan and and where still you can see uh, humanity in most of the characters um and probably the 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 one relationship that I really like is uh, uh, Tony's with the uh, Sill, where Sill is just the main guy. Mm. He's the guy, ride or die. He's there for him, uh, and in a world of scumbags and you know and betrayals, and where even Polly turns out to be not the guy we think he is, uh, it's it's a good thing that they've added that that loyal friendship and understanding between two mobsters like such as Sil and Tony.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the thing I always found interesting was his, his relationship with each of these guys is just so dynamic and not only that, but the way you see him treat family Mm -hmm. versus people obviously within, within uh, the Soprano family is just very, Interesting. Uh, You you mentioned about having the shreds of humanity while also being a total piece of shit. Um, I'm always reminded of, and people like to bag on AJ. They they criticize him a lot for being just a really poorly written character. And okay, so be it. I I, I didn't think that that role was acted very well. But I just find it interesting how there's that episode where AJ goes and tries to exact revenge on uncle jr after Mm -hmm. having shot tony and remember aj gets arrested when he goes to the to the nursing home spoiler alert (laughs) sorry i have to put that in there but if you haven't watched it now you're way too late but spoiler alert so aj goes and tries to kill uncle jr he gets arrested and you see tony picking him up from the police station and i don't know why this scene always sticks with me but he He gets very angry at him. He slaps him around a little bit, but he says, you're a nice guy. You know, he says to AJ, it's a good thing. And AJ is confused because he knows his dad is a piece of shit. He knows his dad is a murderer. He knows his dad is just this terrible human being. And yet you see this, 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 this shred of humanity, despite how much of a piece of crap he is, you still see this, this shred of humanity and Tony not wanting his kids to follow in his footsteps and not wanting them yeah, to live exactly. that life.
0: And, and I, I'll say it again, if, you know, for those who have seen it or for those who want to have an idea of the acting range that Gandolfini had on that show, just YouTube, you know, uh, uh, Tony Soprano saves AJ. And it's just a scene that re- is really haunting and disturbing to me because AJ, you know, decides to, spoiler alert, well, also too, too late, but... He decides to drown himself in, in the, in the pool. And then when he's in there, he starts to have doubts and wants to come out, but cannot. And he's suffocating and and drowning and Tony enters the house and he's all happy and and in a good mood and is eating something, obviously some, uh, uh, some probably Italian meat or something, a sandwich Uh, uh, and, and (laughs) Gabagool, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and uh, and suddenly you, you you can just see his whole face just completely change. It just completely changes, and as he sees his son dying in there, and he runs to him and jumps into the water, and it's this amazing acting where he doesn't even say anything. It just everything, body uh, and and expressions and the look in his eyes. It's. And it's such a, it's such a such a sad thing to see him because Sopranos was great, but I was very interested to see how he would progress. Similarly to Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, later on in his life, how what what the roles would require from him? Because I doubt very much that he would stick to the gangster role um, because he was better than that. Well, we'll be yeah. We've got to talk more film because I. Let's do
1: it. Yeah, we seem to be sort of on the same wavelength as uh, as each other when it comes to, to movies, film, cinema. Um, so, yeah, we will, uh, we'll leave it there. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back after the match against Inter. I know we sort of got off the rails there towards the end, but hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, we'll be sure to talk more pop culture, movies, all that sort of stuff in the future. But uh, we will leave it there. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time. Ciao.